the return. The return. The return. Don't call it a comeback. It never went away. We've been here for years. It never went away. It's always been in the back of my of our mind. The question, the ultimate question: mm-hmm. Are you an Anderson guy, <laughs> or are you an Anderson guy? You know what, Phil? I think it's time for a little bit of Anderson versus Anderson. As you can see, we've had our eye on you for some time now, Mister Anderson. Anderson, Mister Anderson, Mister Anderson, Mister Anderson, Mister Anderson, Mister Anderson. Where you been, Mr. Anderson? It's been a while. Well, welcome to this uh, Bono episode of the Charles Cinecast. Yoko Bono up in here. Over here. <laughs> Yoko Bono. It's a Sorry. sunny Bono. <laughs> Remember, you, you've seen you've seen First Kid, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, the, that's the Sinbad one, right? Oh, yeah. That's one of the greatest movies ever. It, it, that weird running joke with Sonny Bono in it. Do you remember? Because he worked for the White House. And Sinbad keeps like marking out over him. He's like, Sonny Bono! Sonny Bono, I got you, babe. I got you, babe. Oh, yeah. That, that triggered it. Just him going, yeah. Like, yeah, him like okay. Sorry. I haven't seen that film in so long. No, that, that reminds me because like Julia and I just, and I probably said this before, but Julia and I just keep talking about how we need to like start a uh, podcast about not, we don't even need to watch the movies. I just need to like show her a movie poster from and the she 90s. Gets it, she's and very she good tries to figure out what the film is. Like I was doing it the other day. Like I, for whatever reason, I, I start talking about one of these dumb ass monkey movies. And I don't remember what the context was, but she said something about Born to be Wild. And I start thinking about this movie called Born to be Wild. And I showed her the poster of it. And then I had to get her to guess like what the film was about. And then it sent me down a rabbit hole of all these movies about troubled kids in the 90s, <laughs> almost in secession, like by year, <laughs> troubled kids in the 90s with monkey pals, like this little is, monkeys this is or gorillas. Season, bro. This and is a like You're giving every it away. Poster, <laughs> every poster. Every <laughs> poster. Yes, that was one of them. Every ch- poster looked exactly the same as well. Yeah. It was like this 90s kid <laughs> with like baggy clothes, maybe a backwards hat. Yeah, yeah definitely a backwards hat. A jean jacket <laughs> with a hoodie under it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then like a monkey <laughs> just hanging on to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 my favorite genre. In, monkey business. Monkey born business. to be wild. And then, and then I was like, and then you can go fucking crazy with it. You got Ed. And then that leads you into the weird Air Bud because that was like, Ed yes. was like, uh, you had like Air Buddies and then MVP. Um, most MVP, primate. yeah, yeah, yeah. I MVP two, most vertical primate. He skateboarding. Skateboarding, yeah. <laughs> MVP three, most something primate. He's a hockey player. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. <laughs> Who like, let the monkey play hockey? <laughs> so i went nuts and i was going through this whole thing and i was like man julia and i just like we need to do that just because like one of them was literally first kid i was like julia look at this poster that i think that was like the first time we ever did it i was like what do you think happens in this (laughs) and then she she was like give me a little bit of context i was like okay so sinbad is a uh you know secret service agent this kid here (laughs) is you know the president's son and she was like oh 
She'd just start going off. <laughs> I see it. She even, like, I think correctly guessed that he, like, likes to play video games. But I was like, dude, he has a whole <laughs> fucking thing where he's just, like, playing virtual reality. And these guys come after him. And he's got his stupid little, like, <laughs> necklace that, like, has a tracker or some shit on it. Oh, man. Fucking genius bullshit 90s films. Unlike what the film we're talking about today. <laughs> Not very genius. Um, Phil, it's Anderson versus Anderson. We're back at it again. Uh, last time we left off, we had the French Dispatch and Licorice Pizza. Yeah, which from, would licorice with the last one, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we did them pretty close together. I think we might have done them back to back. Sure. Yeah. In terms of episodes. I think, yeah, I think that's actually right. And I remember, weirdly enough, that was the last time I went to New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw French Dispatch there, which was like November, something like that of yeah. 2021. And then Licorice Pizza came out like December, January. Yeah. So it was Regularly like, yeah, very, sorry, very, back, very close. Yeah. And we, I think we, we saved them until like the first two episodes of January, 2022, like I believe around there. So they're there. You can find them. The uh, last remnants of the previous editions of Anderson versus Anderson, but we're back here. We have another edition. There's a new Anderson film out. Um, the only thing is, I don't know when the next PTA film's going to be out. Uh, there's oh, not been, knows? yeah, there's Nothing. not been any sort of, you know, discussion or anything. Uh, but then again, you know, he seems like he's willing to take his time on like Wes Anderson, <laughs> just throwing <laughs> shit out there. But yeah, we're here. It's Asteroid City. You're not here. We're not there. The car exploded. Come get the girls. I have to stay here with Woodrow. I'm not the chauffeur. I'm the grandfather. Where are you? Asteroid City, Farm Route 6, Mile 75. Junior stargazers and space cadets. Each year we celebrate Asteroid Day. Commemorating September 23rd, 3007 BC, when the arid plains meteorite made Earth impact. Toledo. That's Mitch Campbell. You're very good in the one about the tramp in the brothel who gets you. amnesia and Thank becomes you. a pediatrician. You were very awesome. Actually, maybe my favorite character ever. I don't know why nobody else liked it. Oh. What do those pulses indicate? What? Oh, the beeps and blips? We don't know. Some of our information about outer space may no longer be completely accurate. Anyway, there's still only nine planets in the solar system as far as we know, Billy. Except now there's an alien. What's happening now? I don't know. I don't like the way that guy looked at us. The alien. How did he look? Like we're doomed. Maybe we are. I've just informed the president. How long can they keep us in Asteroid City legally? The world will never be the same. That's an alien doing jumpy jacks. That's an alien in a top hat. What's out there? The meaning of life. Maybe there is one. Are you married? I'm a widower. But don't tell my kids. You're saying our mother died three weeks ago. Let's say she's in heaven. Which doesn't exist for me, of course, but you're Episcopalian. In my loneliness, I've learned to give complete and unquestioning faith to the people I love. I don't know if that includes you, but it included my daughter and your four children. Sometimes I think I feel more at home outside the Earth's atmosphere. Oh, wow. Me too. They're strange, aren't they? They're children. Compared to normal people. Yes, that's correct. It's true. Freight train, freight train, going so fast. Freight train, freight train, going so fast. I don't. I do a nude scene. You want to see it? 
Huh? Did I say yes? You didn't say anything. Uh, I meant yes, my, my mouth didn't speak. I don't know if this episode's going to go on the main timeline or not. It probably will. I mean, why not? Because we're, you know, we've done all the other Anderson versus Anderson films there, and they were, I feel like, pretty popular. Like that as an idea was. That's usually popular. that's usually the thing. Because you know me, I get discovered quite a bit in the cinema. Mm-hmm. Just saying, um, and that's usually the the thing people will reference that season. I think we won a lot of people over with that season. We had one good idea. All it takes is one good idea. That's all you need, and you just run it into the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, that's what Wes Anderson's doing nowadays, just like symmetrical framing, running it into the ground. (laughs) Um, Twee clothing, running it into the ground. No, anyway, we're here. (laughs) We, We both saw Asteroid City. Now, did you watch Asteroid City in New York, just like you watched French Dispatch? I did not. I watched oh, it okay. like literally as soon as we got back, though. Like, yeah. Because I saw Spider Verse in New York. Okay. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I saw something else. I saw Hard Eight in New York. Um, oh, yeah. At yeah, the yeah. Metrograph. So, yeah, because you're an Anderson guy. I mean, I'm an Anderson guy. You know me. Um, <laughs> the one film we did. The one talk we didn't about. really review. Yeah. <laughs> not properly, anyway. Um, yeah. So, yeah, weirdly enough, I didn't. And I didn't want to spend. There were a few movies now I wanted to see, but I didn't, you know don't want to spend the whole holiday watching movies but yeah, yeah. no like soon we got back to london pretty much we, we saw it like a week or two after you know what we could do phil seeing that pta doesn't have like pta you know, he doesn't have a uh, film out anytime and we didn't ever actually do hard a and someone did actually ask on patreon i can't remember who it was someone was like going through our shit and was like hey are you guys doing hard eight like did i miss hard eight like what happened to hard eight what Hard Eight? What and happened to Hard Eight? Was that the we Crow Man threw it, episode? Yeah, we threw it into the Crow Man <laughs> that episode. That makes no sense. So we yeah. were just like, hey, oh yeah, I managed to get my TV changed uh, from Batman Begins to, and, and it was Hard Eight. And then like, I sort of just talked shit about Hard Eight for a second. And then like, yeah, moved on. <laughs> and then we were just like, yeah, that's enough. <laughs> yeah, it's the worst or best episode of this show, depending on your <laughs> preference. Um, yeah. we could, we, I'd be down to revisiting it having just watched it. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. We, we, since you just watched it and we're doing the most recent Wes Anderson film mm. and we did the, you know, we didn't do the very first, mm. you know, PTA film, um, which I did shit on. I can rewatch it, you know, and see if I have changed my opinions at all, mm-hmm. but I didn't really like it, you know, initially. I mean, you know, mm. I've seen it a couple of times now. It didn't do much for me, and that's kind of why we skipped it. But yeah, uh, sure. you know, for for a bit of fun, to yeah, maybe we could the do rivalry. like a maybe we could like do a time travel thing. We could go back yeah. and become 2020, 2021, like pre reboot. You know, because the show was so <laughs> different before we did that whole reboot. You that know? was that and was after beca- the reboot, and then it became no, but hard eight was like that was the line. Oh, that, that was like we, where so the we go back. Started, yeah. To, yeah. So before we okay. died, before we rebooted, we'll okay. revisit that sort of era. Yeah. You know, before it was the new podcast. Yeah. 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 And then, although we did come back and became the real podcast. I don't know. Yeah. There's so many versions of the show and they're all the same. Yeah. Well, if we go back to that point as well, we have to start arguing again. So. Oh yeah. But we squashed yeah. the beef. 
<laughs> we crushed all the beef. We crushed the beef and we killed the palma. We're done. Yeah. yeah, it's all good. You know, okay. I mean, we're pretty fine. You know, yeah, like, and also, gonna... like, Jesse Ventura hasn't been shown up recently that's, either. So I think, true. like, I'm we're waiting. probably pretty in the clear. So, yeah, I mean, breaking, breaking the law, I can't imagine how many episodes, especially this week's one, I can't imagine him coming up in that episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think maybe he'll, I don't know, maybe he's just like done. Because we just th- we just weren't talking about any films that he was in, and you know mm-hmm. we also called him out on his bullshit for like not actually being the guy who was ever in question for any of those film roles that he claimed <laughs> that he was. That's true. Yeah, he kept trying to insert himself into yeah. cinema history, and it, we just weren't having it. <laughs> we weren't. De- we, we weren't having it. All right. Well, we keep we keep getting around the bush. We're here. Uh, it's Asteroid City. This is a new film by. The one, Mr. Wes Anderson, uh, what is it? His 11th feature, I believe. It's sure. uh, yeah, feels like it. A pretty interesting film here. It's uh, set in this, I don't know, retro futuristic version of 1955. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, in a fictional town called Asteroid City. Not even a town. It's just like a road stop. Yeah, it's like a road like roadside attraction. Yeah, town. yeah, where they're doing, uh, you know, a- atomic bomb testing post-war, and they their claim to fame is that it's where a meteorite that they mm. kind of call an asteroid has uh, crashed, and we have a young crew of kids coming in for this junior stargazing convention. That uh, is going on. The government happens to be there as well, I guess, doing their atomic bomb testings and stuff as well. Plus, they're involved with this convention where these astronauts are there. They're looking into the stars. There's a meteorological, meteorological, whatever. It's like, I don't know. Some some stupid thing happens in the sky. Science thing. Some science bullshit. It doesn't matter. It's not even happening in the movie. So think about that. Um, yeah, so that all happens, uh, and then an alien comes, and it basically keeps all the people there stuck. They get quarantined. Where they're at. They get yeah. quarantined. Again, another fucking quarantine film. Um, <laughs> We're never gonna stop making quarantine films. <laughs> I'm ready to be. If past I am, the I am era. done with hearing like, oh, but this was during COVID, and like, oh, post COVID, and like pre COVID, like, stop. It's not an excuse anymore. Just yeah, make yeah, your yeah. shit. Fine. You can make films without yeah. having how to do it. How are we still watching movies made during COVID? Like how? How is that? Like <laughs> everything that's <laughs> flopping, like at the box office, like, well, it was made during COVID. So, you know. Yeah. So Okay. So that's why it, fucking Indiana Jones cost $300 million or The Flash. And that's why they're not doing well because of COVID. Yeah. Fine. Because of COVID. Because of COVID. Because no one wants to see this shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought both uh, of them. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I've I've still not seen Indiana Jones. I, I will try to catch it, and we can do an episode on that maybe. But um, Astro City is just coming out to the Prince Charles as we're yeah, recording. Perfect. This, literally Look, see, tomorrow. See what we're doing. Fourteen energy. Yeah, we're talking. Now you got to put it on the main timeline. Guys, you know. You know. Yeah. Behind a uh, cable. But you know. As we always do, Phil, I, I don't know, I've given you a bit of the, you know, it's written, this one's written by Wes Anderson, story by Wes and Roman Coppola. He's stripped mm. it down a little bit, 
It's directed by obviously Wes Anderson. Uh, as we always do, we can just send it into hot takes out the gate. This is a really loose episode, guys, because mm. it's like it's a new film. If you're hearing this on the main timeline, we do this a lot on the Patreon feed. It's uh, mm. you know, we're just bullshitting because there's yeah. not really much to talk about in terms of like how was this film made? Because I don't fucking know. No one's talking <laughs> about it yet. It's miniature mostly. It's too new. Uh, um, it's too new. But yeah, um, hot take. Yeah. I'll be I'll be real with you. I, you know what? I like that trilogy a lot more than than I than I thought I would. Um, because that, that's not- a big surprise. Because last week when we were talking about it, and I was like, "Oh, dude, I'm actually kind of like I was excited for it," and you were like, "Dude, I didn't. I was not excited at all." And then you kind of left it as like a very mum. yeah. I left. I was like, it. dude, Phil it. hated this film. As soon as I started watching, it, especially, dude, I, I'm sorry, I'm hijacking your hot takes. <laughs> no, no. But as soon it. as soon as they like revealed that this isn't a real story and it's a play, I was like, dude, that's <laughs> Phil's whole fucking thing. I was sitting there, I laughed in the cinema because I was just like, dude, this is Phil's dream. He's always yeah, talking yeah. about how every Wes Anderson film's a, it's a poorly acted, acted play. play, and it literally is one this time. Yeah, which pissed I mean. me off. No, but that's that's what. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting, getting hot. I'm getting, yeah, hot. Getting, getting hot. Getting hot in here. <laughs> yeah, I went in so low expectation. I've strongly disliked his last few movies. Grand Budapest, French Dispatch, like was not a fan of those, um, especially French Dispatch. Uh, but like. And what I, I harp on him about is that movies like aren't about anything anymore and they're too big and they're too like clean and put together and like all these multiple like he like so maximalist like throwing every kind of trick in the book, like everything he knows from like framing to composition to miniature to aspect ratio to all that, like multiple fucking segments within segments, and it's just constantly introducing characters and shit. This one finally is like it's the most reflective film I've seen him make. It's the first one to make me feel anything in a very long time. And it touches on all the things that annoy me about his movie. They're not about anything. And this movie is literally the like the search for meaning in art. And it, you know, like, and I thought that actually hit and it's surprisingly restrained. There's only one pullback and it's a pullback that like works for the film so you have the film and then you have the at the opening of every sort of act of the film it it's this like black and white sequence where it's you you the movie you're watching is actually like a play and it's sort of the making of the play the writing and rehearsal and like staging of the play so it's like a story of the actors and the creators behind it how and like how that's informing the film you're watching. And it's got this nice sort of call and response thing where things are, you know, are referenced in one, but only like paid off in the other. And like everybody's kind of essentially playing two characters because of that. But it's yeah. literally just those, that, those are the two elements to the movie. It's not like, like French Dispatch, which is like anthology where it has like the framing device plus like five short stories that just get worse and worse and worse. And this one, I thought, like, I like the character. It's it's still, like, about all the people in the town, and there's, like, a, way too many people. But, like, I got to know those people, at least. Like, I knew the kids, I knew the teacher and the band, and I knew, uh, I really liked Jason Schwartzman. 
even and the movie would calling things I wasn't liking. Like I thought, oh, Jason Schwartzman doing a bit too much with all the. He got the beard and he got the teeth and he got too many gimmicks. Smoking, too yeah. many gimmicks. And then they say that yeah. in the thing when they pull back and he's like, "You're doing a bit much with everything, but it's working." And if there was layers to it. There was like things I didn't even realize that were happening until I was talking to Dusty about it afterwards, and then like these emotionally enlightening moments that I did not realize were happening. That I thought, "Oh, that's actually." really fucking nice like the example i mean is when you pull back for the last time and jason schwartzman is sort of walks off stage because he's like not he's like completely lost like he he can't find the character he doesn't know what he's doing anymore he's really distraught and i didn't put two together that was kind of because of what had just happened to ed norton and that they and they were you know sort of together and i didn't i, I just wasn't putting that together and i just thought that would really nice and like it's emotional and it was funny and it was sweet like i love the alien it was ridiculous but i love the alien i love that like it was kind of like it's either stop motion or it's jeff goldblum in a suit it's kind of both yeah it was i feel like it was stop motion when they showed him but then obviously it was in the jeff reveal goldblum in the reveal backstage. But yeah. okay but yeah in if i can sum up tom hanks in it in the uh movie where they're like, uh, you want to go? And he's just like, no, I don't mind staying. I like, you know, uh, I like uh, Aliens and the Desert. I'm cool. You know, he said something like that. And that's how I feel about this movie. Like, yeah. I'm very, like, this is a good appetizer for like Oppenheimer. And like, I've been listening to the last pod on the left have been doing yeah, the yeah, project. Yeah. So I like this like 50 makeshift town in the middle of the desert where they're doing bomb testing and nobody's really like paying attention to it and it gets to exist in this cartoonish world where like if this happened in real life all these people would like have been killed or something you know like or brainwashed like they would not have been able to see an alien and like walk away that would not have happened yeah but but again it's just like it's about something even something as small as like grief and like and that jason schwartzman thing and it's small it's a good arc you know his wife just passed and he had to sort of tell his kid and he got his own kid who's really good from that kid from eighth grade. I don't know his name, but he's really good. And I like their sort of chemistry and I like their arcs and relationships. They grow and it, it's small, but it's something I could like tether onto. So like, not, it doesn't hold up to the, you know, his best stuff, but it's better than the last few things for me. What did you think? I mean, I agree that I think it's better than his last few things. Like, for instance, yeah, I mean, it's funny because obviously people fucking love Grand Budapest, like Mm. largely seen as like people's favorite for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, And I and I'm just kind of like, nah, dude, that's like that's where he's really start to. Yeah, I would look. I don't even like I don't even you remember. I don't I don't even like Life Aquatic. Life Aquatic is better than Grand Budapest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I really like Life Aquatic, but mm. like after doing Anderson versus Anderson, I like, you know, I really came around. I always really liked it, but really, really came around to Darjeeling as being like, that's dude, my that's favorite. One of his best films he's ever done because it, it has so much heart to it. Um, mm. And it's so simple too. in in the sense of like, it's just like he, he shows off like how good of a filmmaker he is. But mm. like it's a real Without grounded being story. Forced yeah. and like heavy handed, like, you know? Not I, so distracting with the fucking camera movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's 
the the problem with this film for me is like I feel like we've lost that Wes Anderson and it's never coming back and I need to just like mm. stop hoping it will because yeah. I w- was excited for this film because I didn't know it was a a play you know within a film you know mm. or whatever or a film within a play like you know I, I didn't realize that that's what this bullshit was I loose like sold the loose narrative of what the film was about and mm. I knew there was like some alien thing and I was like cool and you know Tom Hanks is in it and Jason Schwartzman's leading leading the film and it's just nice Scarlett Jason Johansson's in to it. lead again yeah 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 and then you've got like like a crazy cast of people like Maya Hawks in it and you yeah, know and man. I was like Adrian Brody yeah like I was reading yeah, the cast it. and shit and I was like fuck yeah let's go Brian Cranston Delacant and then like we get to the film and then you know it's it's this like play thing and I was laughing because I was like this feels like bread and butter here this yeah, is like, yeah he's yeah. gonna have some shit to say but it's funny you actually really liked it whereas yeah. I was sort of like I was just sort of disappointed because there is a really good story in here mm. I just hate that it's not real I hate that like it is a <laughs> that it I is hate a that play. it's a fucking play I hate that like how fucking stupid uh, like everything has to look that it looks fake like it He's, mm. He shot it in Spain. I read that the other day, like instead of it being like in the desert oh, really? in America. I think he went huh. to like Spain, I believe. You could have told um, me that shit was on the set and I'd believe you. Well, that's the thing. It looks like a set. Yeah, it like, looks like it, a And it's stage. just like you're if you're in the desert in Spain where they shot all these spaghetti westerns and shit. Yeah, yeah. Like that was the whole idea. They went to a place where like, you know, they, they shot all these like sort of spaghetti westerns and stuff. And they like, you know, it, it just looks it looks fucking fake. Like everything looks fake. All the sets look fake. Like all the backgrounds look like a Looney Tunes cartoon. I I was like, well, that's obviously like the aesthetic he's going with for this. And it's like, it is fake. And it it makes sense that it's supposed to look fake because it's a play. So it's not real. But like, I I just like, man, just go to the fucking desert for real. Give me a Darjeeling limited level story in this small town it could play out almost exactly the same but it's just fucking real man and then you got you've got so much more heart there because you could have a real fucking story with this man who's like grappling over the death of his wife and having to tell his kids and falling in love with this like fucking beautiful actress and you know having this weird relationship and like you know where that goes and his fucking father-in-law who doesn't like him but they're like coming together and it just feels like none of that really pays off because half the time you're like you know shooting off to another part of the story where in terms of like it being a play where you know and that means that like people like Edward Norton and Adrian Brody although they're great in the roles they're in are underutilized in the grand scheme in the grand scope of things because they're not they're playing real real people by the sense of the movie mm. and everybody else is playing <laughs> like fake characters. characters. And yeah. it's just sort of like, oh man, I just, just give me a fucking real story, man. Just give me a straight real story. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think it needs that extra <laughs> And get rid of all this layer. fucking bullshit. Like, God damn it. I feel like he can make a it, good movie. He can he do can, it. Yeah, that doesn't, I don't know, that doesn't bother me. Like, I don't like think it being a movie in the story, like it being a fake story in the story doesn't like take away any of its like significance for me. And I think the background stuff kind of gives it, it, I don't know. I think if it was just the asteroid city stuff, it might've been underwhelming, but maybe not. 
Could it have no, kind dude, of if, Moonrise if he Kingdom goes fucking like goes into it, you know, with this, you know, gripping story about love and stuff. And then you fucking mm. have an alien in there and you actually really go for it. Like this sort of like sci-fi adventure sort of thing. Like that yeah, Wes Anderson yeah, yeah. really hasn't properly tapped into. Like just it, really going for it. That's true. Yeah, he hasn't really done that genre right. And I really like that aspect of it. It's not like leaned on too hard. They let it be funny. But yeah, there is, I mean, that's, again, that's the problem with a lot of it. With a lot of it filmed, not like a crap shoot, right? Where it's like he clearly had multiple ideas, yeah, over over in between films, like over a number of years, and then he put them all together, mm-hmm. um, and that's why you get these big brawling sort of set pieces with like lots of characters, lots of interactions, lots of groups and families and things like that. And it's, I fucking forgot my train of thought. Yeah, <laughs> if he like, I think it'd always be better if he just sort of picked one and like ran with it because there is a good yeah. story and every character is good they, I say that for everybody in this thing but like it's just something I've come to expect in what Anderson movies that I'm not going to get the traditional develop like arcs and development and comp like you get you get touches of it through conversation but every you know characters are always very like cold and distant and removed and don't always say how they feel you know like it takes Drayton Shortman like a month to tell, you know, his kid that their mother had gone. Yeah. Um, it's that kind of thing. And like, you know, his relationship with Garley Hanson, it's good, but a lot of it goes unspoken and it's happening behind the scenes and off camera. And that's yeah, yeah. fine, but like that just doesn't help you buying into it. Cause you like, you like them both. They're good from what you see. You just, you always want to see more. And this is a short movie. I think he could have like yeah, yeah, yeah. afforded to like beef it up a bit. And I guess it's the same kind of thing I had with Across the Spider-Verse, like, you know, where it just fucking ends. Um, where it's like my complaint there is because I'm annoyed because I'm enjoying it so much. I like it. And this is the same thing. I want more of the characters because I like these characters. They seem, they're more memorable than... They have been in a long time, but yes, I would, I agree. I'd prefer them given more time, especially someone like Adrian Brody, who I thought was fucking great in it. And like, got like two scenes. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah. that was really frustrating. Margot Robbie oh, Margot as well. Robbie. Yeah. Margot Robbie. Yeah. Wasted. Like one scene and it's a good scene, but like you've got Margot Robbie. She's in everything right now, but like, yeah. but she's good and you could use her really well in it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess you do because it's like a deleted scene. Bill Murray got tossed out of the film. Like, that no Bill Murray. Yeah, that's so strange. Yeah. Um, I think he had like COVID. I think that's what it said. He, see, always blaming COVID. He had COVID. So he had to. Uh, although he was on set and there's like, there is images of him. Mm. Like in his character, what he was supposed to be like a motel manager or something like that. I'm not mm. really sure. I want to see more Brian Cranston. I yeah, like Brian Cranston, the last two or three films that he's been with Wes Anderson have been almost the exact same role of like just being a like kind of non-character. Narrator. Yeah, Narrator. he just likes his voice. Yeah, and he has a great voice, but he's also a yeah. really good actor. Like, did that scene? Did the scene part way through the film where you're in the black and white real world stuff where Ed Norton comes to the acting class and he's like he's trying to do an exercise like the fucking group sleep thing. And there's a moment in this film that in a better film, you'd be like, this is amazing. But like, it's not, it's Edward Norton 
Willem Dafoe, Adrian Brody, and I think Brian Cranston, like all on stage together. And you're all like all at the front of the room together. And you're like, this is a fucking amazing group of actors right now. Like you See, could build a film around these cut, people. Cut these films in like cut those ideas into two films. Give me like the film. Yeah. Give me Asteroid City, the fucking the weird movie. sci-fi rom-com adventure. And then give me this like weird s- story that's just about like acting and like they can be putting on a play. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. can be putting on a play, but then you really just focus on those fucking people. Dude, that would know? be so cool as well. Cause you could do it like either order that works. You would do the yeah. play version first and people are like, this is really cool. I like seeing behind the scenes. And then his next movie is the play you just saw. Or oh, dude, that'd that. be, you know what? That'd actually be great. Cause that's almost like the, like, uh, one car. Why used to do stuff like that back in the day when he made like, it might have been around the time he did either Chunking Express or In the Mood for Love, but he like cast all this peop all those people. I think it was Chunking Express. He like made uh and we've shown it at the cinema, I think, uh that weird Wuxia film. Like, I can't remember the name of it right now at the top of my head. And I, I actually haven't seen it, but like it's meant to be really fun. But he made it at the exact same time, basically, because it's like he had like weird, a weird uh gap of time before like chunking express like could be finished like editing or or like i don't know something was going on and he had this weird time and he had all the cast so he was like hey come like make this weird fucking like fable story or whatever martial arts movie Um, yeah uh, ashes of time ashes of time that's it yeah Yeah, yeah. and he like just made this like kind of cool weird side film at the exact same time with all the same people and then a few other like you know regulars and then you have two films that kind of coming out at the same time uh, a different flavor or Wonk Art Y as well. Mm. Like, so obviously that this is, this is a completely different idea, but like, yeah, imagine like, Hey, we're making this play and then we just release. It's just like the play. If it was played more like a play, but like you didn't pull me out and throw me into this weird world of like, mm. oh, we're creating this play. It just like it, hijacks the story a little bit it derails it a little bit i don't mind sure. it and i guess i should like you know i should expect it being wes anderson it's going to be like adding to the weird quirkiness yeah, how can you fuck with his films even more yeah it's still i still argue that it's very restrained compared to he does it like it's two things yeah and he goes he doesn't go back and forth and it kind of derails mm. the one you know one or the other depending on which one you're enjoying more i think this is because this is like what you were saying with godfather 2 where you would have preferred like a young Vito movie and then an Al Pacino mm. movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think they, but I think the, the appeal is almost that they're done together. And I worry, like with Godfather 2, I don't know if there's enough to like support each one of the movie. Like that, like the parallels is what worked there. But this one, I can kind of see it because like I was enjoying both and they're both kind of telling different stories. Yeah, that complement yeah, yeah, each yeah. other, but they're they're different stories. They're different. Like, wouldn't you want to know more about the life of like Edward Norton's character? Like, what's yes. going on with him? And like, yeah. oh, there's that fucking scene. Like, I completely forgot about it until now. Jason Schwartzman comes in and he's just like talking to him, and then like you know, when he I think he, he wins. Yeah, he auditions. Yeah. He wins a scene, and then they're standing there, and it's all awkward and weird. And I was literally about to like whisper to Julia. And now they fuck. And then like, and they then just they, started, I was like, yes. Yeah. She yes. was like, she was like, 
like now I that, must have said something. I was like, dude, I was literally going to say, and now they fuck to you. And then they did that. And Julia was just like, what? Like, <laughs> but yeah, but like, it was, it was funny. Like there's elements that I did like about this. And to be honest, I was going to say like you breaking down your hot takes on it helped me see it in a kind of different light. So I can kind of like read some of those scenes a little bit differently. Cause like you were mm. saying, you even like were discussing with dusty and like mm. helped you like, read certain scenes a little bit differently. So yeah. like I can see the appeal if I'm thinking it th- thinking about it through that lens and some of those characters and some of those choices and and all that. And I, like there is a basis of a story here that I yeah. do like. I just really wanted it to be a little bit more real. Like in like that way you can get more time with like I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just again it's just like Wes Anderson in the last few films especially as well having way too many fucking people. Like yeah. that's the My beauty God. of Darjeeling Limited because it's three like, people. There's three people, <laughs> and then you have their mother. Yeah, and like, side you know, too, you know, yeah. and there's a few side characters, but like it's just like those are the fucking people, man, and that's mm. all that it really matters. And like you've got or like Bottle Rocket, three yeah. guys, or like yeah. even Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah, yeah. It's the that family. Yeah, yeah, you know, just that family, family and they're like, really side them. characters. But yeah. yeah, but like you have all these people, and like there's interesting stories going on here but you just really don't play with them enough like i really like maya hawk like i think she's great and mm, she's there's really this weird story they had with her in montana who looks like a fucking million bucks man that's he does. Like, i liked that as friend. well like it's, i was like he i looks wanted awesome i wanted more of that and i could i, I knew want more of the coming. cowboys yeah more cowboys and that you got fucking fit. sue george's back like as a cow yes, one of the cow yeah. i was like yes dude yeah. throwback to fucking yeah li- i didn't Aquatic. i didn't I didn't like them doing the kid song, but I liked them. Yeah, I the kid the song idea. was horrible. That was really annoying. Yeah. Um, and I watched it at Picture House, and I'm not trying to shit on Picture House, but like, what the fuck? Like, they had they cropped out the subtitles in that bit. Really? So I couldn't. Uh, I didn't know. I couldn't see the lyric. You could just see the top of the word, and I was like, "What the fuck, dude?" And I, I, I you know, it's like it's one scene. By the time I would have gone and come back, it would have been over. So like, but that was annoying. But like. Yeah, I like their relationship and they do it literally. They're only like it and it works. I got it. Like they'd like, they literally have like three moments together and you kind of see that they form a relationship. It's like the bare minimum for that story. But you know, like as soon as he hops off the bus and he had like the way he's looking at her. And again, Wes never like, God forbid, he like cuts in for a close up to like show you. everything is like fucking things on a track and it's going to pan over here yeah. and then pan tilt up here and do this. He wants to do it. He fucking hates editing. This motherfucker is like, let me just do this in one shot and I'll just put everything in the frame and hopefully you'll get it because he's like behind her when he's like looking at her and it's just, yeah. you have to catch it. And then they, he does that bit where like he takes over the class and he actually delivered a really nice like sort of monologue uh, mm. about, you know, the, people from another land are not our enemies. Um, and then they dance later on in the film. Yeah. And it's like three beats and they all work, but like that could actually be a really nice thing that's sort of, you know, happening underneath all of this and would again contrast well to like Jason Schwartzman and Scarly Hansen's relationship. You know, they're finding each other at a weird point, you know, sort of after yeah. they've both have done the thing and these two are young. So it's like before they've done they've really started. It it would have been, I wanted more of that. And also like one thing that he was so close, he was was so close, you know, you know, Wes Anderson doing one of his like favorite tropes that like, you know, started a whole fucking thing on the podcast 
dude, that's your sister. That's your <laughs> sister, sister, dude. dude. <laughs> you made out with your yeah, because uh, basically, <laughs> so you had like, obviously, Augie Steenbeck, Jason Schwartzman's character, falling in love with Midge Campbell, the actress, Scarlett mm. Johansson's character, but then their kids, so Jake Ryan as Woodrow, and then uh, yes. Grace Edwards as Dinah, like, falling in love with each other. Yeah, And if, like, their parents got married, then they'd be, they'd be like, stepbrother and sister, and it'd be I like I thought that, that, and I was like, this yeah, is weird. I was like, this here we cool. go. She's your sister, dude. <laughs> man. Now, I like the kids' stories and stuff as well. Like every time they had those kids sitting together doing some weird bullshit, like doing their weird games and memory. I like that. I really like that. I like. I really liked how this movie ended as well because I love when it just like you're building all these subplots. It felt like matinee where it's just like you build all these <laughs> subplots and then they just all crash. At the dude, end. this is matinee as fuck. This film. <laughs> it's matinee yeah. as fuck. It really is. It, it, uh, literally the <laughs> ending where like everything just goes to shit and they're mm. fucking launching their weapon and like fucking the, the kid, kid could like fuck it. And then the film yeah. just ends. Like it yeah. just stopped there and then you have a nice little sort of epilogue to it. But I liked that because it's like that's the apex of the story. <laughs> just like it built up to a big, you know, obviously all this stuff they needed to let off and it, it happened and it's just very, very ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I mean, whatever. It's like it's not going to convert you. Yeah. If you hate Wes Anderson, this isn't going to make you. This like isn't Wes it. It's this the isn't problem. It. it might be the most Wes Anderson he'd ever been. Yeah. But I thought it was. Yeah, for me, it made me like feel anything, which feel something, which is more than I think I can say for a lot of few films. And I think, you know, it. I, I think you're right. I think we've lost that old Wes Anderson. Um, he ain't coming but back. This, it's not coming back, but this at least like had touches of it. I think all um, I can hope for, like as an old school Anderson guy, is that Anderson you're an old comes, school Anderson guy. Is, is uh, that that Paul Thomas Anderson's next film comes out and it's just a steaming pile of shit? <laughs> yeah, just like all right, we're, like, <laughs> we're back. Now we got it. Back. Now we've got. <laughs> we yeah, got a fucking. This is a fucking. Now like, we got a competition now. again. Yeah. Oh shit. Back and forth. Oh, yeah, because it was like kind of <laughs> neck and neck, and then yeah. one just kind of like quickly yeah. went on, and PTA just kept fucking. Yeah, he just keeps really since fucking great movies. Like great Licorice movies. Pizza was great so in different good. ways. Yeah, <laughs> so good. So weird. Uh, uh, so yeah, we'll see. I mean, like. This film. I hope that I hope that similarity, like the lot their last two movies were both like age gap movies. Oh um, yeah, yeah. One yeah, got yeah. shit for it and one didn't, but we made yeah. that comparison. And I hope yeah. there's like I don't know if there'll be aliens in his next film, but like something, right? Like yeah, there's got to there's gotta be something. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. gotta be some reference to it. A weird western or something like yeah. that. There's a guy called yeah. Montana and it. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's know. just set in Montana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a cowboy playing guitar. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean this this film's like you know it's doing pretty well in terms of West films. You know, it's uh, mm. one. Of, I think it's, it was his highest opening film for a wide release that he's ever had. But oh, uh, good. It's it's obviously not yet. It's still early days. It's not yet as strong as. Uh, his biggest film, which I don't think anything's going to touch, uh, which is Grand Budapest, but it's made mm. about $40 million. Um, and, you know, that's probably more than I don't remember, but like feels like there's more than any of 
uh, PTA's films ever made. Yeah, so. he got like a solid 30 mil like thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Wes Anderson obviously always wins in the terms of the box office. And mm. to be honest, he's won more. Well, he's gotten more nominations for Oscars. Mm. Uh, and he's actually, his films actually won some Oscars and stuff where I guess, you know, P- PTA is as well, but like, Bullshit. He's just never, never gotten like the, you know, like the credit, no, the recognition. Considering the recognition. he's like, yeah, like considering he's like, I think one of the most influential filmmakers of the last like 20, 30 years. It's like, it's weird yeah. that he hadn't been like acknowledged nearly as much by like, you can't, not that awards matter, whatever, but like, you know, he's always the guy. When I'm listening to like interviews or podcasts with like filmmakers and they're talking about people they like, always pta everybody's riffing off pta i'm trying to riff off pta all right i got it next film it's going to be called montana about a (laughs) singing cowboy who gets eaten by a bear and somehow like gets out of it you know or he's like you know like infanture no no or maybe he's like exposed (laughs) to the cold conditions so he has to like cut the bear open and gets inside of it and gets out and then oh like he'll he'll win yeah he'll win the uh oh so you need to do the revenant okay yeah he needs to do the revenant because he's literally just and you know even better he casts leonardo dicaprio because dicaprio hasn't been in a pta film yet has he that's true he hasn't been so get get dicaprio do a film called montana have that motherfucker crawl back into a bear. Both win Oscars. Again. Everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, let us know what you thought of yeah. Asteroid City and whether has it changed your stance. Are you an Anderson guy or are you an Anderson guy still? You know? I want to know. Right. Yeah, I want to know too. So hit us up and uh, I'll leave you, leave you with my final uh, hot take, Phil. The thing I hated most about this film was that it looked, I was saying earlier, it looked like it was like a reference to Looney Tunes. It looked like a Looney Tunes cartoon, the backgrounds mm-hmm. and yeah. all that. Yeah, Wiley Coyote. You even, had, you even had the little fucking, you know, uh, Roadrunner running around going, meep, meep. That's true. And there wasn't a goddamn coyote. They <laughs> talked about a coyote. They didn't even show one. I'm fucking pissed off. I want my money back, Wes Anderson. <laughs> I wanted to see a coyote cross the street and eat that fucking Roadrunner, or at least like run into a wall. Just get me running into a brick wall. One time. That's all. Just you know, one like, time. You know, like the you know the fucking Roadrunner runs into a tunnel, and then the coyote runs, and it's a brick wall. You know, like it's right there. It's right there, fucking Wes Anderson. Come on, don't make me become an Anderson guy. <laughs> <laughs> One star needs more coyotes. <laughs>